0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs here. We hope you and your families are well as we continue to fight and to battle COVID-19. I'm delighted to be joined by three stalwarts of The Last Word on Spurs here in Jason McGovern, Lee McQueen. And Jamie from the Daily Hotspur. Now, we've been quite lucky in the last couple of weeks where, even during this down period, Spurs have given us a lot to talk about. So we're returning to discuss the reversal of the furlough. We're also going to be talking about some of the good deeds being done by the club during this difficult time as we continue to fight and battle this pandemic. We also reflect on Jose Muno isolating with three of his coaching staff, also what is the future for Tottenham and their stadium naming rights? As we've seen some links closely to Amazon, which the Mail have reported. So a lot to discuss. We hope you enjoy the show. And as always, come on you Spurs. Tottenham have overturned their decision to fellow the non-playing staff. The club have drawn, as you know, plenty of criticism since Daniel Levy's announcement that they would be reducing the wages of all their 550 non-playing employees by 20%, as well as using the government relief scheme to furlough the 40% of those workers what's your reaction then to the club reversing that decision
1: you said last week didn't we that the 20% um that they wasn't funding um from the furlough scheme was was outrageous um and the club should have been topping up their 80% wages to the 100% Um, and like I said I stand by like I said what I said last week you know the reality is there is a government scheme in place for all businesses in the UK to be able to use the furlough scheme if they need to. If they need to use it, and they've decided for whatever reason they needed to use it, um, I thought it was outrageous not to top up from the eighty percent to the one hundred percent, as I've just said. Um, but at the end of the day, they used the scheme which they're totally entitled to as, as taxpayers, and they've reversed that decision. I'd like to think that they've reversed that decision because they've uh, they found a different way. Um, but I would probably suggest that they've reversed that decision because as we again said last week on the pod, for those of you listening to the the, the full the full length of the pod, it was an absolute PR disaster over the last 10 days. And they've probably reversed their decision because of the amount of criticism that they've received from fans and from Cat and Martin and the and and the, and the and the guys over at the trust do. But ultimately they've reversed their decision. So yeah, I'm I'm all for that. You know, whatever works for the club, whatever works for the staff, whatever makes uh, makes it a, um, a a harmonious gathering. But I think for me, the damage was done when they um, decided to not top them up. That that for me was a PR disaster. Like I said last week, it was a bit around not not topping them up, which they've reversed their entire decision now. Not even just to top them up. So fair play to um, fair play to all of the people that campaigned for that to happen because. Uh they've they've done the right thing in the end.
0: Funnily, you know, I mentioned this off air to you guys as a group that we as a podcast we get a lot of questions in in terms of, you know, the board and I think we've we've done it to death to some degree about the board and about investment, about the need for investment and about sometimes the way certain situations have been handled and I think if any of those listened to the full length of the show last week we said you know the the pr at spurs the human relations public relations what happened over those 10 days just really did taint the football club and you felt yes. there was a need to really kind of build bridges and i think we were all clear in our view that this could have been handled so much better by the football club and i think they are trying now slowly slowly to try and make steps try and rebuild those bridges with some fans, that won't be possible. I think some fans are at a point now where they have, you know, had enough of this current board. They feel there is a need for a change and, you know, that, that's more than welcome. You can understand and definitely, I think you can understand why people do feel the way they do. But, Jay, just come around to you, uh, that announcement that they did say that they've now reversed that move, they've announced that all the staff whether full-time, casual or furloughed will be paid 100% of their wages for April and May The statement also confirmed that only board members would face a salary reduction as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Did they have no other option than to reverse their decision when you see Bournemouth have done it, Liverpool have done it, Newcastle, to be fair, they've stuck to their guns, but we do know they're in the middle of a takeover. Are you surprised, Jay, by this?
2: Firstly, I'm slightly disappointed that they have reversed it because in a way, remember when Liverpool came out and did it so quickly, it was kind of a little bit embarrassing for me because it did kind of suggest, you know, there would have been a reason that they did it. But it kind of feels as though it wasn't really something that they needed to do if they were so quick to reverse it. Lee makes a good point that maybe they have found a, a different way of, of, of saving money or whatever. But for me, unfortunately, it's a little bit embarrassing that we've kind of had to come out and reverse it. You know, the supporters have done a fantastic um, job in kind of campaigning and trying to express their feelings of dissatisfaction. So... And of course the, the supporters trust I think they did an absolutely fantastic job in representing us as fans. I mean they're they're a group that you know get a lot of criticism, but for me, I think they as I said they've done a fantastic job in in kind of making the voices of the fans um heard. And um yeah, so I am disappointed that they have in the end reversed the decision. It's brilliant, of course, that these you know the, the staff are now getting full pay, but for me it's it doesn't really reflect very well in the club that they've they've gone on this scheme and then decided to reverse it I mean of course in, in the same uh, way as well it's, it's difficult the way they um, disappointing sorry the way they handled it in terms of not topping up and and the timing doing it 10 days after the scheme was announced so as we've well established it was uh, it was not a, it was a very poor PR stunt from Spurs and uh, yeah so it's disappointing but I am I'm, I'm glad I'm glad now that the staff are getting their full path.
0: There will be people Jay maybe shouting and screaming at the fact that you're disappointed that they did indeed reverse the decision. Do you just mean from, from your perspective that to begin with, this shouldn't yeah. have never been a, it should not have been of a, a, a question in terms of that topping up process well, rather than the furlough yeah. proposition?
2: No, no, no. It's not, nothing to do with the, the decision. I think it's just that I'm not disappointed with the decision. It's just that I feel it's a bit embarrassing that, you know, if we are, have been so quick to kind of reverse the decision, it feels as though was there really a need to do it in the first place? Um, as I said, I was always disappointed that it was the, the non-playing staff that were the ones that had to suffer. Um, I think that that was the most disappointing thing. But yeah, look, I, at the moment, I'm, just, I'm, I'm very happy that the, the staff are now going to get full pay.
0: Jace, there'll be some in there that do think to themselves, nobody in their right mind believes Levy did this decision out of the goodness of his heart when it comes to the reversal. I mean, as we mentioned, it was a PR disaster. And there was a lot of pressure applied by the fans, the trust, the press, and maybe even sponsors that forced him to change his direction. However, you know, we did get there in the end, whether you back the reversal or not. How do you feel now reflecting upon the club now reversing that decision? Where where do you sit in terms of all this? Because you mentioned it... On your Twitter account, that for you, this is just the start of trying to rebuild a lot of broken bridges now. Yeah,
3: I think that that's the thing. It's 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 the starting point,
0: and let's not lose
3: lose uh, sight of of other things the club are doing. I mean, to see that stadium turned into into what looks like a hospital now, and 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 some of the other things. So th- there's been a lot of good done by Tottenham, but without a doubt, the the furloughing decision threatened to 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 just give us. So much negativity in people's mind, in our own supporters' mind, a bit of shame in our own supporters' mind, and obviously the target for for lots of criticism. And I think you know part part of it as well is if you if you'd have kept going down the furlough line, then you just leave yourself open. The very, the very as, as soon as football had gone back to normal and Tottenham launched a 30, 40 million pound bid for somebody, you just bring it on yourselves again and. And I think from a sponsorship point of view, if you'd have been a sponsor looking to to pump money into a football club and say, OK, we'll do a big corporate day here, perhaps the negative publicity around Tottenham would have made you less likely to choose that. So I think, you know, perhaps on reflection, he realised the damage that, that it would do to the club, perhaps going forward as well. And he's come to the right decision. I mean, I don't have a, a problem with any club using the, the government's furlough scheme, not whatsoever. But I did have a problem with the that tottenham hotspur couldn't find the 20% to uh, to pay their staff on on the top of the furlough scheme but you know the damage is done and, and we just have to to ride the ride the criticisms that come our way and, and look at the positives that are going on amongst it at the moment i think bbc did a fantastic report on the tv last night that showed showed the good things tottenham are doing and, and it's now time to to uh, just concentrate on those things.
0: Everyone maybe expected the players to be the ones that would come in and save the day for the non-employees where instead it was the fans as the club that listened. You know, Every one of the club social media posts we saw over this last kind of 10, 12 days was hijacked by responses of pay your staff and then we saw the supporters trust get involved and in exactly why organisations like that are so crucial as they entered into the dialogue with the club to kind of advise them of their missteps. In a way, do you feel that having that trust there has just been so important to try and, you know, give them a gauge of just how much this did upset and frustrate the supporters.
3: Well, I think the trust did an even better job than, than we did. I think when we talked on the podcast last week, um, I think there was various, you know, none of us were, were out and out critical of the board. Let's be honest about it. I think we were critical of the 20%. But then that I think the, the trust actually put in words probably what what all of us failed to get across in the podcast. And it was a, a brilliantly worded response from the Trust. And um, within a few days, that decision was reversed. So, you know, the, there's no doubt that the Trust did a fantastic job. And, and as I say, they, they got their message across better than we did. So, um, you know, full credit to them for that.
0: Lee, as a man like you, that you know, you run your own business. Those supporters that are passionately tweeting, pay your staff in the past week, do they now have to face up to the reality that in the months to come, Tweets of buy this player or anything along those lines may be just simply unrealistic for Spurs as this pandemic continues to really affect the way businesses, big and small, are affected at this really difficult time hundred
1: percent. And, you know, uh, it'd be be unfair of us to label the same fans or Twitter Spurs, Twitter fans that are tweeting about pay your staff. And they're they're the same people that are saying, go and buy this player. They might be different groups of people, to be fair. We don't know. What I would say is, and I I think I highlighted this uh, um, pretty heavily last week around financials and looking at the Tottenham Hotspur football clubs um, last year's accounts. And just doing a kind of a, a, a bit of a quick and dirty on what, what, what that would look like p l and the amount of money that you uh, that you make or that you turn over is completely different to cash flow if you don't get that cash in during the times that you need it in you don't have the cash and it's exactly the same as you or Irick running our own um uh, houses paying your rent if you don't get paid that month because your employer says sorry you're not getting paid you've now got a problem because you now can't pay your rent. It's it's the same principle. So I don't want to patronise it. And I, I did that to death last week. But I think there is ramifications. And I'm not sticking up for Daniel Levy. I'm not sticking up for the board. I'm not sticking up for anything other than, than our football club. But what you've got to remember, and I think this is what fans uh, uh, you know, are, are uh, pig sick of, is... We've never been a club to go out and spend 500 million or whatever the the rumours are that Man United are going to spend in the summer anyway. Um, and you know the reality is, I don't think, as, as Jace uh, uh, spoke off air, I don't think any club's going to be in that position this transfer window to be able to do that. It's like what we said before: the club come out and made some faux pas, if you like, from a PR perspective, and made some decisions that people, some people agree with, some people don't agree with. You know that that's the way of the world. You can't please everyone. If it's not the board's fault, it's the manager's fault. If not the manager's fault it's the players fault if it's not the players fault it's the fans fault if it's not the fans fault it's the dodgy sausage rolls that you get at half time at a new stadium or you know your, your pass didn't work it, there's always something you know so you can't you can't please everybody I, sp- I suppose where i'm coming from with that is that there will be a knock-on effect you know you, you talk about running businesses you know we, we've we've dropped our revenues 90 percent of our revenues dropped off a cliff yeah over the last uh two three weeks that is really difficult to be able to to manage and and we're in unprecedented times and unfortunately i'm keeping that word and and people are making decisions that they they they, they need to make for the safeguarding of their businesses or their homes or w- whatever it might be so you can't please everyone and i think that there will be a knock-on effect to transfers i hope there isn't i hope my football club goes out and spends the 500 million. I hope we go and get some amazing players and we win the league. But, you know, let's be brutally honest about it. You know, I. One, we've never done 500 million, and I can't see that ever happening under under the current board and stewardship anyway, um, as most fans would uh, would, would, would tell you. And, and two, in this economic climate, no one knows where we're going to be. So, you know, we're talking about potential transfers. We might not even have a transfer window because no one's got any money. I mean, you just don't know, do you guys? You just don't know.
0: No, you don't. I think that that's so key to to really bring that into play. I mean, Jay, when Spurs announced their change of heart, it was explained that the money was found because of the revised budgets and cost cutting. In view of what's happening to football clubs right now, the club's transfer budget, or at least most of it, it will likely be deemed as non-essential money.
2: Unfortunately, I do see it being really impacted. I mean, of course, you know, as, as we know, this is going to have a massive effect on on every club, really, even the even the big ones. Um, and for Spurs I do think it will be a, a real excuse for Daniel Levy I think he'll use that as an excuse to to not spend but you know as we know he's a, he's a guy that um, is very cautious with spending money he's a guy that kind of prioritizes business decisions over um, winning football matches and I think that that probably will be the case I think we will probably see a very limited spend I think that you know, this this whole situation is really going to reduce um, what Spurs spends. Now, there have been some rumours that Spurs had already identified some transfer targets. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if that's now altered. I know. So, yeah, it's, it will be very interesting. But for me, I, I, I do worry. I do think that the, uh, the transfer budget will certainly shrink um, because of this situation.
0: Jace, for a man like you that absolutely despises the transfer window, I've got to get your thoughts on it because Spurs have not hidden from the fact that financially they are going to take a substantially big hit here during this coronavirus full suspension of football with all regular income taken away. The money for employee wages, however, has been found through, as we've mentioned already, revised budgeting and cost cutting. And time will definitely show, Jace what those cuts are going to be. And you can't imagine, you know, there's going to be an opportunity to really go and spend this summer. You, you just can't, can you, at the moment?
3: From all clubs' point of view, I mean, take, take Tottenham away. At the moment, we don't know, we still don't know whether this season will finish or not. We still don't know when clubs will, will kick off next season. We don't know when clubs will have any supporters in the stadium, let alone four stadiums. So, you know, clubs have no idea of really what their cash flow is between now and the end of the year. And I think that will have a massive impact on the transfer market, not just for Tottenham, but for, for any club. And when I when I look at the moment at, uh, as he says, Manchester United linked with Kane at 200 million, Sancho at 100 million, Saunekes at 80 million, Grealish at 80 million, Upper Meccano at 70 million or something, I think. Do you really think Manchester United are going to spend 500 million quid this window when they have no idea when their next, you know, when the next supporter is going to be coming in or buying a season ticket? You know, clubs will presumably will will be faced pretty shortly with having to return season ticket money if this, if this season's cancelled. So, you know, I, and, and I think the other thing will be that, that even even players, that even if a club thinks, OK, we'll go and spend it. If we think of a, a Mekano or a Jack Grealish, our assumption is that player's going to be going now for 150 grand a week. But the clubs may well say, well, I don't mind paying the transfer fee, but actually the days of those wages has gone. And then then you might find that even if a club agrees a fee, the, the player thinks, well, actually, no, I'm probably better off staying where I am for the time. So, you know, we have no idea. This is why I think that the transfer, all your stories, Rick, you and Jamie put out, uh, might as well now put out on a soccer net. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I don't believe there's a single transfer story involving any club at the moment that's got any actual accuracy to it whatsoever. It's, it's well, completely made up. What's
1: interesting, Jace, just to interact with you there, if I if I may. What's interesting, the point you just said about the wages. Now, um, you know, in uh, um in other uh, professions, there's obviously salary caps, and, and NFL is one of them. You know, would 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 the Premier League and you know uh, the FA, if they if they still have a say saying anything nowadays, um, or the or the clubs now come into to to an agreement where they have some sort of uh, salary cap because this is this is the, the, a perfect opportunity. Well, exactly. well, there you go. Good, good intel. I think you know that the um the, this is a perfect opportunity to reset. This is a perfect opportunity to take stock, have a relook at things. Not not just at football clubs, but you know, in life in general, in your business, in your work, in your home. We we, we are where we are. We are, we are forced in this situation. It's a perfect opportunity to have a step back. Have a look at what's been going on. Reset. Press a couple of reset buttons if you like in, in certain things in in your lives and in your work. And, and it might be that the Premier League take a step back and go, actually, yeah, yeah, Jack Grealish would have gone for one hundred and fifty a week, but now we're we you know Man United only going look, to be looking at paying eighty because actually everyone's taking a twenty or thirty percent pay cut, and then pay cuts actually stick. Do you see what I mean? Like, again, coming back to what Jay said, you just don't know. So it's really interesting to see the mechanics of how this is going to work I think one thing's for certain. I mean, uh, Rick, you you mentioned earlier that uh, you know run a business. I run a business that is is a a technology-based recruitment platform and and also uh, a a sales recruitment business as well. The sales recruitment business revenue's falling off a cliff, and the tech platform's doing okay. So that's why we're we're still operating and and running in business and whatever through these tough times. Um, But 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 actually, as part of that, a lot of people working from home. If you can do remote, you know, Skype and Zoom and video platforms, it's part of part of our technology platform and actually we're seeing a bit of a rise in that sort of stuff so you know a lot of people that used to go into an office that now can work from home they might not go back to working in an office so I think the world has changed regardless of what what we think it might look like one thing's for sure in my mind it's definitely changed and it won't be the same as what it was pre-coronavirus.
0: Lee just to kind of give your final final verdict on this whole thing do you think the club have been hurt by the criticism of this past week because, you know, believing they were operating in a similar way to, as you mentioned there, all big businesses across the UK, the most important thing that they have listened, is that the thing? Or do you think for some supporters, you know, you're not going to get them back off this? We've seen many stories about supporters yeah. not renewing their season tickets. For them, you know, the final straw was ultimately doing what they did 10 to 15 days ago, despite yeah. the fact they've now reversed it.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I think you know, last week I think we did highlight the morality versus the you know the business side. I think I stand by what I said on the on the on the business side of things. If you like, they 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 are eligible for the furlough scheme. You know, you have to get permission. You have to get the employee to agree to being furloughed. It is a scheme designed to. Uh, allow uh, organisations and Tottenham are an organisation as such, as a business as such, allow businesses and organisations to be able to um, not lay off their staff or not, you know, uh, make them staff redundant, but actually to safeguard their jobs and, and ultimately to, uh, to get essentially a grant against them, them individual salaries. And um what was really disappointing from Spurs' stance point is they didn't top up that twenty percent, which we which we about. Um I think that, you know, from a um a coming back from the criticism, they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. You know, if they'd have come out and reversed the decision uh, like Liverpool did, they wouldn't have been praised. They'd have just been like, yeah, whatever. Because they left it to, for, for so long and then they've ended up reversing the decision where Jamie was coming from, it's disappointing because now people just come out and go, yeah, t- told you so, you you guys are in the wrong, you lot are, um, you know, expletives, you know, arseholes or whatever it might be. So they're damned if they did and they're damned if they didn't. I think, you know, at, at the end of the day, the and the decision is is the right one in terms of topping up their 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 salaries and i and i agree with that and we we got there in the end but i do think that there's been there's a lot of if it's not just with pr but if it's actually with the the real people that matter in, in all of this which is the fans if there's a lot to repair in in a in a in a wider aspect of the of the Fangwood than maybe it was before, and 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 some people that have wanted Enin out and and Levy out for for a long time will be sitting there saying, I, I told you so, and, and 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 it would have opened other people's eyes up to thinking, yeah, maybe maybe you guys have been right in in uh, all along. But I, I still stand point by the fact that you can't please everyone, and you know there there is a divide, and and I just think it has been. An absolute PR disaster and embarrassment to our football club. And actually, what Jace makes a good point about making, um, you know, part of the uh, the stadium now as a hospital for for the for the pregnant um, uh, pregnant women that are coming through, and you know, and the testing facilities that just get brushed over now because of because of the club has been tarnished with this with this bad media look we all know what sells newspapers we all know what what gets likes and clicks it isn't necessarily the nice news stories like captain tom moore doing the things that he's done that's been absolutely incredible it's the it's the controversy it's the it's the negative stuff that's what always sells that's what gets reactions and and unfortunately for tottenham they brought it upon themselves
0: and it's only Jason last week that said there's an anti-Tottenham story, you bet at the moment that'll be run and run and run as much as it can be. I'm gonna come around to Jason in a second, but Jay for you, um I have to ask you this, a lot of people are laughing on Twitter at the fact that, you know, Spurs, they bottled it. They couldn't even follow through with their own decision. You said earlier about the re- the reversal of yep. the furlough and you wish they they never did it, it never came to yep. that. Is is that again that slightly embarrassing morose mm-hmm. thing that we even bottled that, kind of, <laughs> that kind of decision? <laughs>
2: Yeah, look, as I said, when Liverpool did it, it kind of suggested, you know, was there really a need in the first place to do it? So for me, it is a little bit embarrassing that we had to do it and we've, you know, we've been able to reverse it. Um, you know, as Arsenal was showing, you know, they they're trying to find now different ways. They didn't do the on-playing staff. They're looking at at trying to uh, reduce the reduce the players' salary. So maybe that's something that clubs or Premier League clubs will look to do eventually. Yes, it is a bit embarrassing. Um, I think as Jason and, and Lee have made the point. You know, they were in the course entitled to do it. Um, just disappointed they didn't top up. But look, it's, you know, it's, it's sorted now. I think what everyone was battling for, most of the supporters in terms of getting the staff paid, that's now done. And as Jason said, you know, it's time to focus on the positive stuff because there has been a lot of really great stuff that Spurs are doing to kind of battle this, this virus in terms of supporting HS NHS staff. Um, and they're just doing lots of good work. So I think that that's, that's something that um, us as supporters now need to start focusing on.
0: Agree. And that brings me on very kindly, because as Jay mentioned there, there's a lot of good stuff that is going on behind the scenes at Tottenham, which to some point now, for some, is being distorted, being forgotten because of what happened with the furlough situation. But we did become the first Premier League club to host a coronavirus testing operation at their stadium. We've now seen the 62,000-seater arena open its doors to patients on Tuesday after being transformed into a facility for the NHS. 70 tests are being carried out a day, with 10 nurses on the site, five days a week I mean we should be quite proud of that Jay shouldn't we the way the club are trying to help during this pandemic
3: absolutely we should and you know it also gives us an indication of of uh, anyone that thinks football will be played there in four or five weeks time you think I can't see them closing a hospital to have a game of football being played there so but no there's there's a lot of good things the club has done you know there's been lots of things that individual players have done and we said last week just because we don't read about it doesn't mean it's not happening. So, but that um, you know, to have the, the first testing center in the in the stadium to to see the uh, the anti-natal and that going in there, I, I'm just a little bit disappointed they can't have actual births in the stadium because you imagine an Arsenal or a Chelsea a dad having to see his wife give birth in Tottenham Hotspur stadium, it would would taint him for the rest of his life, wouldn't it? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a perfect scenario? Oh where, where was your kid born in Tottenham Hotspur stadium? So. You know, I hope they can, can, can just go that final little furlong and, and get one of those in there. But no, I mean, seriously, the, the work the club are doing is, is excellent. And, you know, some, there is, there is the, um, the man that often gets criticised. He would have had to sign off on that and agree to being done. So, you know, not everything he does is, is parasitic, is it? That's for sure.
0: Lee, like Jason mentions there, you know, we've seen the repurpose and fitted out to house the North Middlesex Hospital, women's outpatient services, freeing up much needed capacity, at the hospital itself to treat COVID symptoms, whilst taking pregnant women away from the hospital during the pandemic. We've also seen the big space where the retractable pitch sits when not in use is being used as a distribution hub by the London Food Alliance, a new scheme set up to ensure food supplies for the most vulnerable people within the capital. I mean, there is a lot of good stuff going on at sometimes Lee. Doesn't get heard of because of what happened those previous ten to fifteen days around the furlough situation.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I echo everything you have said, Rick and, and Jay said before. Um, you know, there is some good stuff, but like I just said in my in my in my, in my previous segment, you know, the the, the reality is that the, the damage might already be done, and and headlines, unfortunately, in in certainly in, in the UK and probably around the world, and especially now with social media. Headlines like to be more negative and having a go at each other rather than the positive ones. I, I'm always in the positive camp. Most of the listeners will know that by now. And you know, if I cheese you off, then you know you, you don't listen to me when I'm on, um, because that, that's that, that's what, what I'm like. I like to focus on the positive stories. And I think you're right. You know, it is fantastic that we're opening up the, the the stadium to, to help. And um, some people say, yeah, but it's the least that we can do. But yeah, maybe that was in planning to be able to to do all of that stuff. But we don't know the detail. The point of the matter is, uh, you know, let's. draw A line under the furlough. It was an absolute PR gaffe and disaster. Some decisions right, some decisions wrong. We have to agree to disagree and let's focus on the positives that we can be. Because let's be honest, right? Let's be brought, regardless if you're an Arsenal fan, a Chelsea fan, a Tottenham fan, you know, Nottingham Forest fan, whatever it might be we're all in the same situation. Like I woke up this morning, it's a little bit ground dog day. Everyone's in this in a similar situation. Now I'm not complaining. Now I've had COVID, I've had coronavirus as well. I've got, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm not complaining at all. I've got through that. Um, you know, I haven't been hospitalized. There's people losing loved ones. You know, there's there's people, you know, dying of this virus and they're, they're not even being able to to see their loved ones before they, before, you know, after hitting the ambulance. And this is a Freaking serious situation, and you know we've got we've got people moaning and and, and groaning about certain things of you know our our football club. When actually there's a big there's a bigger thing, uh, uh, you know, uh, all around us. And I suppose the point I'm saying is that we're in this together. We need to come together. I hope this will be a a, be a be a kinder environment, especially on Twitter. I'm going to say Twitter because uh, you know sometimes that place can be poison. Um, and you know, and, and I want that to be a debate, but I want it to be a healthy one that we're all in the same. I think sometimes we forget. That most of our listeners, if not all of them, and I think we have had a couple of Arsenal fans listen to us in the, in the past week. You have to tell me that, especially on the
0: Love, Love Sports they have. show. But, they have, but they yeah, have. But, I can't believe but, it. are.
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> most of the most of the listeners to the pods that that, that you, you, we're putting out. Our Tottenham fans, and we're all Spurs fans, and we all want the best for our club, you know, in in that way. But having a healthy debate about, uh, you know, if we've got a difference of opinion, that's completely fine to do. But it doesn't have to get poisonous. And I think that's where it spills over. So it is really good to see what spurs uh the football club the stadium are holding uh north Middlesex hospital and what they're doing and what they're helping and you know the stuff with toby that we mentioned last week with the with the uh, media tablets and danny rose even with the pizzas and all that sort of stuff you know there's a lot that we don't hear about and you know it's it, it's, it's up to the individual it's not up to the football club to make the individual players give to charity or whatever that, that's up to them so you know let's applaud them when they do so
0: and we love you for your positivity, Lee. And I think that's why a lot of listeners tune in. So we, we can't afford to let that go, especially in these deep, desperate times. I think we need positivity to try and get us through at the moment. Because like you say, it is so tough out there. And certain things do pale into insignificance significance when what is going on in the world, the bigger picture. It's a frightening place out there. It's unprecedented times and it's really scary. And I think when you look at some of the other things here, Jay, you know, the club are looking to try and bring, you know, they've got... The Vegetable Produce and Spurs' training ground, that's being provided to help those suppliers and the club staff that have already been and more will be joining to volunteer to support the NHS. On top of that, we've seen the club funded a London Academy of Excellence at Tottenham. That's has been be based at White House and that's being used protective facials for the NHS with 1,000 expected to be produced on a weekly basis. And we're not hearing enough of this, Jay, are we, at the moment?
2: All the work they are doing for the, these frontline workers, especially with the testing and the uh, producing of kit that you mentioned, I think it's brilliant and you know it is really nice to see the club doing that um you know again it's all the stuff the players have been doing you know we've heard so many so many positive stories as, as the guys have said about the players doing stuff i think the, the work they're doing with the front lines uh, the front line staff is just brilliant um yeah so so lots of positive things at, at spurs and you know it is disappointing that we that we did have this thing as lee said you know um, you just wish people would focus on on the positive that Spurs are doing. But yeah, so many so many great stories uh, happening at Spurs.
0: Jace, is it a case for now that all Spurs should do at the moment is just to be seen to be doing the right thing, and that way then it does detract from anything else kind of going on from from the outside. If they keep on doing the right things, then hopefully in time, you know, this will hopefully take over. Because I think, like I say, the, being the first club to open the stadium for the COVID yeah. testing, that's that's a massive thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah, you, you just you hope that they were. They've done this whole reversal for the right reasons. They've done it for because the fans wanted it, and they haven't just done it because they didn't want sponsorships or or whoever or new players coming in to to not like what they've seen happen at the club. Um, you just hope that they have done it for the right reasons, and you know I'm just going to look at it as it's all positive, and and that's what that's the way I want to look at it. Um, you know, it's, it's all brilliant. There's so many brilliant stories. So yeah, I think that, that as we've said, you know, it's about focusing on the positives now.
0: Agree. We're going to go for a very quick break and when we return we are going to be discussing Jose Mourinho's isolation. We're going to be talking about the Premier League and UEFA meetings that are going to be happening imminently in the next couple of days. The stadium naming rights where Lee has had some crazy, crazy votes in terms of what our stadium should be called should the club secure a stadium naming rights deal. Don't go anywhere, we're back after this very, very short Break. Hello and welcome back to the last word on Spurs. Thank you for downloading us and thank you for keeping with us during this difficult and really, really hard time we find ourselves in. And presently, times we've mentioned on the podcast here, as we mentioned, we hope you and your family are keeping well. And we're going to discuss Jose Mourinho's isolation and what he's up to. Now, Jace, um, I know to be fair, I'm kind of treading on eggshells with you here because I know we wasn't going to discuss Jose Mourinho really. But um, as we understand, Mourinho is living with oh. three of his coaches. During this self-isolation, as he prepares for the return of the Premier League. Now he has got home, as we understand, in Belgravia, which is close to Stanford Bridge. But he's staying in a rented house during this lockdown with his goalkeeping coach Nuno Santos and his tactical analyst Ricardo Formasino, and his head of performance team performance Carlos Lalin. Is this a man that is trying everything in his power to get things right at Tottenham? If should the season return, or should we have a new season?
3: Yes, he is. But then surely that's his job to be anyway. Surely it's his job to be doing everything in his power to get things right when the the season starts. So, you know, however he does that, he does that. (laughs) As you say, you're trending on eggshells with him with me, mate. I I don't give a stuff what he's doing as long as he's trying to get results for Tottenham and and find a way of of playing that that brings excitement to us and brings points to us. But um, that's that's all I'm going to say. Otherwise, I'll retire again, mate, if you get me talking about him.
0: <laughs> we got a minute out of Jason on Jose Mourinho. See, it can be done. It it's can be 40 done. Seconds, right? 40, uh, 40 seconds. Sorry, I'm no, being too 40 seconds. All right, 40 seconds. Lee, you mentioned no. last week about with the Mourinho situation in London ballet, how that was a massive. PR that Bruno you know, was trying to plug there about the fact that, you know, I've oh. tried everything with Tsungi, I've I've even broken the COVID restrictions to try and bring him out to work with yep. him. You know, apparently he's staying in daily contact with other members of his core staff, assistant manager, Jao Sacramento, and his analyst, Giovanni Serra, as well as his players. You know, and again, is it coincidence that he's spotted, I think, on Sunday, where he wished Deli Ali a happy birthday from a safe distance? I mean... Is this all too coincidental, Lee? Or do you believe he is, as as we mentioned? We want him to try and use his power to get things right, even to the point where he's living away from his family to try and get this worked out.
1: Is it all about him still, which is one of the key things that Jason said right at the beginning when he when he was appointed? It, does it feel like it's all about Jota? I mean, I'd like to think from the positive side that he is living with his coaches because he's trying to nailed down exactly what he needs and they're, they're using this I, ju- I just mentioned earlier about kind of businesses and people and and whoever else you know personally husbands, wives whatever families taking this as a bit of a reset button but maybe maybe they're living together because they had to self-isolate with each other um, anyway so that's why they are living with each other um, that, that might be part of it M- maybe I'd like to think that he's living, they're living with each other so that they can get it right on the pitch um, because there was a lot to get uh, right on the pitch, wasn't there, Up until uh, up until we stopped uh, playing um, due to this virus. So I, I would hope that. I mean, this is the cynical part of me um, that thinks that it is it is about Jose. But it's it's interesting. actually I don't know if any of you guys or or the listeners I, I, indeed read read this. It was come up on Sky Sports about John Terry, and, and he he released a bit of a. I can't. I think it's through the Athletic actually. So I can't give the credit. For, for, forgive me, but. He talked about what Jose Mourinho was like, even back then when he came back for a second spell, and he threatened to um, replace Cahill and Terry because they kept giving the ball away in training. And and John Terry for all of the how, how much probably Spurs fans. We won't have a fight, squad left. Lee. Yeah. If he
0: does it with us. We won't have a squad left.
1: <laughs> well, I know this. Is, this is the point being is is actually with all, all of the niceties that you thought that John Terry shared with Jose Mourinho, he actually said that he he was he, he loved him, but he also was um, shit scared at the same time. And and you know his his methods of kind of hanging people out to dry were, were there to create winners and to create people that that had the the, the tenacity and the resilience and the ability to. Um, to to supposed to be resilient to go and win titles. And that's the reason why he, he's he was doing certain things of what he would do, like call people out. And and and, and again the same with the Tungundan Ballet situation. So it wouldn't surprise me, it would not surprise me, my cynical side listeners, would be that and Bello wants to leave um and it will come out that you know Barcelona Barcelona's already been uh, uh, you know inverted has expressed an in interest or whatever stuff you you boys you and Jamie are peddling out there but um the, you know the, the it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Ching uh, comes out and he, and he wants to leave and jose puts his hands in there and says well I told you I did everything I could I even took him out of the you know the coronavirus break he just it was it it was him and then it also wouldn't surprise me if Tungon Dembele comes back next season, if the season doesn't start again, he's an absolute worldie, absolutely amazing, and then, and then Jose says, look, it's nothing to really do with me, I didn't do anything, it's all down to him, but do you know what, it was all down to me, really, so it wouldn't surprise me if either of them scenarios could happen. you could see them both, couldn't you?
0: You could. It's difficult to court at the moment. I mean, there's so many conflicting reports on Bele and, and his future and what everyone sees and what's going to happen. I mean, it's difficult to really give any kind of real substance behind what is going on with Bele. But I, what I do want to mention is actual factual stuff we've got. And Lucas Mora, Jada bring you in here. You know, he's sitting on Mourinho's fitness session in the park. He cares about our shape. He loves his football and training. So he wants to see everyone making sure... Everyone is taking care of, about, of ourselves and about our body shape. And just to follow on from that, Jay, we've seen a lot of, over the last couple of weeks, a lot of players come out in support of Mourinho. You've seen Soko saying our future is with Jose Mourinho. Davis, he thinks he's a great manager to have at the club, a dream, he says, to work under. Aldo Vera went on record and saying that he's an unbelievable people manager. Wink says he's been brilliant, he's lifted everyone. The narrative of the media agenda against him. Do you think sometimes Jay it's being out of way saying the right thing? Whether yeah. they do feel that inwardly, we'll never know. But they're, they're telling us they they like him
2: wrongly or rightly, whatever he's done in terms of breaking the rules of Tongi and Dombele, He's a manager that is totally obsessed with football. He's a guy that is totally obsessed with improving players. What makes him such a fantastic manager? And you know, I'm, I'm sure plenty of those the players and that in the team will be delighted to be working under him still. You know, whatever his past was at Manchester United and clubs where maybe he didn't do quite as well um, as he has done previously. But, you know, with the likes of Harry Kane, I'm sure Harry Kane will be looking at that situation and thinking that he's working under a manager who um, he's watched growing up win so many major trophies. So for a lot of them, I'm sure, you know, even Jose Mourinho now is going to still be a a very attractive name. Uh, Despite what I said about the transfer window, you still think as though, New players might look at that and think, you know, the chance to work under Jose Mourinho. Um, but look, he's, he, as I said, he's a guy who's totally obsessed with, with football. He's a totally got a, a huge work ethic. And, um, you know, whatever the reasons are for living with the coaches, I think that it is a sign that he wants to try and get it right. Um, and, and you just hope he does. And, yeah, it's, it's brilliant when you, when you see all these players coming out and, and saying this about the manager. Um, of course, I think that, that Lucas Mora interview was brilliant. Um, And it it does something up. I think Jose Mourinho is a guy that is desperate to succeed at Spurs, he's desperate to go and prove that he can do it at another club, that he's still got it in him. Um, And and he's clearly working and working as hard as he possibly can, doing everything possible to succeed at Tottenham.
0: I'm going to move away from the subject for the fear that Jason has left us. Jace. I want to bring it on to the Premier League meeting, UEFA meetings that are coming up. The Premier League will meet again, Jason, on Friday with an increasing number of clubs wanting the season to be concluded by June the 30th due to player contracts. We've got one in our camp, Jan Tongan. What is his future? What's going to happen to him? How to bring an end to that 2019-20 season, suspended since the middle of March because of the coronavirus, will unsurprisingly be top of the agenda. Does anything change, Jace, from what you said when we recorded the show? about the suspending of the season as to what should happen, as to where we are now. Where do you see things happening and what is actually going to result from this meeting?
3: I definitely want the season to be finished. I've never been a fan of it being voided. I can understand why some people say that, but for me you're three quarters of the way through the season. There are so many issues beyond Liverpool that that have to be decided for, for, for football to, to take the next step, if you like, into next year. So I think they have to find a way to finish the season. The the problem will be if if we all get if we all rush to do it, um, and, and and players aren't ready, be it by the we all know the contractual date is June the thirtieth, but if players aren't ready to play or teams are unable to train properly and things, then then I don't see how you can do that. But in an ideal world that's the scenario. And I think part of that as well is that the clubs do want to make a you know this is this is so difficult for for every single football club financially, and I think they do have to try and think right you know to, to to help their financial planning, they want to know where they'll be for the rest of the year. So I think if you can at least finish this season, you get the prize money paid, you you, you get some of the other financial issues like who's relegated, who's in Europe and that sorted at least the the clubs can try to to put together some kind of financial planning for the rest of the year and then a financial planning for their for their particular transfer window so in the idle world we will definitely finish i just you know i I still still don't know, know government peak and government lockdown and things like that and social distancing i think we all know that if we're back at work by june the 30th we may well still have social distancing rules applying and and I'm yet to see how social distancing is going to work at teams defending corners, because uh, I, I can't wait for a game to finish 24-13 in that case, because, you know, <laughs> there's, there's no chance of standing two metres away from each other at a corner, is there? So uh, if there's a way of testing players before games and things like that, maybe maybe they'll, they'll be able to do something. But I think that it's still problematical to reach that June the 30th date. My, my worry is that the clubs will say, well, if we can't meet that date, then we scrub the season. I'd, I'd still, you know, it, it, for me, if we have to go to the end of August before we finish the season, so be it. And then we, we take the break in September and we start playing from October onwards. So, you know, I, I don't see this big rush. And at the moment, you know, there are more important things to think about. Although I get it, that clubs have got to, to really start to try and put some kind of plan in place, like every business has.
0: The irony is, Jase, when you mentioned about defending from a corner I don't know if you've seen that compilation going around of some of the worst goals we conceded during the, this this particular season you'd argue that social distancing was in place at the start the way we were defending some of the play yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only thing yeah. I would say our
1: defence has been social distancing is not it
0: that's, that's been the problem since the start August I reckon I mean that's that's what I feel anyway but I mean Lee just bringing you into context there you mentioned about how your businesses also had to take certain kind of stock and around the situation you, you look at yeah. it and think it's the same for football clubs you know there is that situation where they want Want to do everything in their power to finish the season because not only for the gate receipts, but you also think from a case of you know for prize money, you also think that all that money they have to go back to sin ticket holders when it comes to tickets being sold. It just it just throws up so many complications if the season does not finish, and that's on the top of the contracts like Jason mentioned, and that is what has multiple clubs concerned going into this meeting with the Premier League on Friday
1: you mentioned prize money there. I mean, I think I highlighted last week on the pod that we, uh, we talked about that we, I think we got something like 21 million, I ain't got my notes in front of me, but 21 million uh, prize money for getting to the last 16 of the Champions League. And and you would assume, and, and we are assuming here, but you would assume that that's payable because we're, we're knocked out and we got there. But thinking of other clubs like, like for example, Chelsea um, or Man City or whatever that may well get through um, to, to further rounds, I think we got 90 million from getting to the Champions League final. So you would assume again that the clubs this time around, well, I don't know Chelsea are technically 3 0 down, well, they are 3 0 down at half time against Bayern Munich. But if they were to pull that around and then they got to the Champions League final, that's a lot of revenue from getting knocked out of the stage right now all the way through to the Champions League final. That's 17. So, so, so of course, they what them, them sorts of uh, clubs w- want to finish the season. When you're talking about prize money, and then you talk about clubs that are at the bottom end or the not so uh, sexy end of the Premier League. How can you how can you f- finish the season as it stands now? Or I, I read a I read a poll uh, that um, that come out actually on TalkSport uh, this week, and they talked about. Um, you know the three suggestions that the Premier League have made, which is um, you know take an average of how many points you've had per game, and then apply that to the rest of the games left. H- how can you? How can you do that? That, that doesn't. That that takes the. The, uh, everything away from from the football side. You've got Bournemouth uh, or Aston Villa that are in the bottom three at the moment with a game in hand, and and actually that game in hand might be against Liverpool. But and and everybody would say, oh, well, Liverpool will win that. But 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 you just don't know in football. That's why we love it so much because actually Villa could go and smash them, or Norwich can go and beat Man City like they did three one earlier in the season. You just don't know what's going to happen. So I can't I can't see another solution other than than Jason says is trying. Finish the season pr- properly, and actually, when you try and finish the season p- properly, how is that also going to happen? Because the thing here is absolutely critical for lockdown. I think we're probably seven minutes away or half an hour away of getting a getting an understanding of how far the lockdown is going to be extended by. But. But how can you lift the lockdown, uh, uh, completely release the lockdown, when you haven't got an antibody test in place? Now, the antibody tests are absolutely critical because they're the test that tells people if they've had it or if they haven't had it, if they're immune or if they're not immune, if they're contagious, they're not contagious. Now, getting a test, I think Jay mentioned this last week, getting a test um, and being negative one day means that the next day you can still be positive. But an antibody will actually start testing people that have had it and now immune and they can go back back into the kind of the you know, the, the, um, the out of the lockdown. So at least you're getting some of the people back. I know it sounds a bit harsh, but that's where that kind of herd immunity comes in, where people start getting back into the, um, uh, into kind of normal, normal way of life, if you like, back into the communities, and then start fighting the disease from that point. You've also got the run running the risk where we've quashed the peak so high, uh, so much, sorry, that we've elongated how long we have to be in lockdown for. So some might argue, well, hang on a minute, if we have peaked at the weekend like we was meant to peak then actually we'd be now on the decline and therefore it'd be over a lot quicker and maybe June 30th might be realistic. But I'm thinking, hang on, if, if you've quashed that peak, all of a sudden you've elongated how long the, uh, the disease is around for and, and how long the risk is around for. And therefore, although the NHS are, um, uh, uh, are coping, they're doing an amazing job and, we, and we've and uh, we mitigated the risk of uh, of the NHS bursting at the seams, we've now got to take the, um, the downfall of that, which is locked down for longer. So, so, therefore, with no antibody testing and potentially a longer lockdown, how how are we going to play football matches in June, in June or even before June the thirtieth? I, I can't, I can't see that happening. Sorry to be doom monger. I did say I was positive earlier. And the third point is, if you can't get the season. Uh, finished, uh, you know, in in a proper in a proper way. And and what I mean, and I'm quite passionate about, it, is in a proper way. I can't see how the season could be played behind closed doors if we're actually saying it's okay for players to play within two meters of each other, like Joe just said at corners. Then why wouldn't it be okay for fans to play again uh, uh, within each other? And and therefore, if you're having to play against uh, in closed doors, it's not proper. And therefore, I can't see how you're going to be able to get stadiums full and. With the, with antibody testing and with no um, no no seemingly peak or longer lockdowns, I can't see how you're going to get full football stadiums being played with nine games after the Premier League season before the end of June. I, I, I just can't see that. I mean, we're in May in a couple of weeks, right? I, I just I can't see how that's going to happen.
3: I think, Lee, the advantage of a closed stadium. Is is the support services, isn't it? It doesn't need to be policed. It doesn't need all the stewarding. It doesn't need St John's ambulances yeah. being put on standby. True. So, there the advantages I think in a closed stadium, um, as opposed to having crowds of six. I mean, if we wait for for crowds of sixty two thousand at White Hart Lane, or even if it's twelve thousand at Bournemouth and it's full up, we could be waiting till the end of the year before we get any football.
2: Yeah, no, it's so a, it's a, it's a good point. It,
3: the pressure on the emergency services and non-essential journeys and things like that that will make a huge difference. You know, if you've got sixty thousand people going to Tottenham, you've got Liverpool Street Station burst into capacity and things like that. When, when you know, there's reduced staffing and things like that there. So I think that's the problem with allowing fans into the stadium and why it's so much. E- and I think the other big advantage if you if you have shut stadiums. We see with FA Cup replays, don't we? We have to have a replay 10 days later so there's time for tickets to go on sale. There's times for policing to be organised and things. If, if there's none of that to go on, then it doesn't matter if Tottenham are at Newcastle on a, on a Thursday night and they're suddenly at Manchester City on a Monday night. There's, there's no problem with that. You haven't got to think about fans travelling to games and, and all of those logistical problems. So I think that's the advantage of, of closed stadiums to them.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. That's a brilliant point. I do agree with that. But I think where I was coming from is that, for principle, you know, I suppose this is a morality thing or a principle thing for me is I don't want to watch the last nine games of Tottenham Hotspur played, uh, it, 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 uh, you know, with no fans in the stadium. That that's not for for me. That's that's the part of football which is you know the 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 the, the theatre, the atmosphere, and everything like that. And maybe it's just again, maybe it's just me being too idealistic because. You know, we we're living in different times now. But I mean, I, I think for me, you know, Jay said it's really important to get the season finished. I don't know about that. Rick, If I'm honest, with my Tottenham hat on, I'd rather just wait for fighters. Totally agree.
0: Totally <laughs> agree. Maybe fire. I'm, I'm in no rush to finish this one. And Jay, just to finish up on this particular subject, there there has been mentions in from the from the Times that at least half the clubs in the Premier League will push for that season to finish on July the first. Even if it does not leave enough time to play all the remaining games, and this does feel like a really pivotal shareholders meeting on Friday, we're not going to probably get the full exact verdict of which way we're going to go. But at least we should have some kind of indication as to what the majority of those clubs are going to look to do.
2: When you see the amount of money that they are going to lose in this whole situation, you do it does, it's no surprise that all these clubs are going to want to get the season done. And I mean, originally I thought that Spurs might look to be one of the clubs that didn't want to extend the season. But now you look at the sorts of money that Spurs are going to potentially miss out on, you, you see exactly why lots of these clubs will kind of push for that now. Um, I know the the Spanish FA um, have kind of come out and suggested that the teams in the current positions um, in terms of the Champions League spots and the UEFA Cup spots or the Europa League spots um, are the ones that are going to get it. So for Spurs fans who are wanting to end the league and, and whatever happens in terms of um, uh, the, the European spots, that's what's happening in Spain. They're going off current Positions And of course, uh, Spurs, that wouldn't mean Spurs going into the Champions League if they went off last season's uh, uh, league finishes. So that's that's potentially something to look out for, if, for Spurs fans who are wanting the season to end um, and, and, and potentially seeing Spurs in the Champions League next year.
0: We also know that UEFA has set a new date for a meeting with its 55-member football associations to discuss further developments across domestic and European competitions. That will be on Tuesday, the 21st of April so it'll be interesting, again, with these meetings being scheduled, we should have some indication, you'd like to think, as to what is going to happen. We've seen Stephen Gerrard talk out and say that the ESPFL, how that's been handled, has been, just been absolutely shambolic. So it doesn't feel like everybody is on the same page at the moment. It does feel that like everybody does need to kind of come together. And it does need to be a resolution one way or another. Because it feels at like the moment, you know, there's still a long way to go before we're out of this pandemic. And, you know, that's the most important thing that that takes the full focus before football you know as much as we love our football 100% in this kind of matter this is secondary now an interesting report we saw in the Daily Mail that broke on Wednesday evening was that Amazon and again we have to say that we're not sure how true this is but it definitely is a talking point that Amazon are emerging as a genuine contender to become Spurs' main stadium sponsor. Now, as we know, Spurs are still yet to secure a naming rights deal for their £1 billion stadium, and that the globally renowned technology firm have expressed a substantial interest in the potential partnership. Now, it is worth bearing in mind that there are strong connections now between Spurs and Amazon, because we've got that documentary, which Amazon are absolutely insistent will be going out this season, whether it finishes or not. There will be a documentary on Tottenham, which I think we're all dreading. But in one way, we're all, I think, anxious to see what actually happened behind closed doors. And, I mean, Jase, I'll get your reaction firstly on it, because this is, at this time, we've seen a lot going on in terms of the footballing world where Newcastle, they're in the process of being taken over. And you'd argue this is now a time to kind of get a knockdown price when it comes to whether it be a takeover or it comes to a stadium sponsor. For you, is there any kind of truth in this? Because Daniel Levy believes he can secure up to £25 million a season over at least 10 years for the naming rights deal. But you just wonder, now with the coronavirus pandemic, whether that is still a realistic figure.
3: I don't know if, if this is a, a genuine genuine story or not or whether people have just put two and two together with the Amazon documentary and thought well Amazon might be looking to come up with it I don't know if the figure of 25 million was Amazon's price six months ago and it will have since dropped a bit or whether it's a genuine price today and it you know it just feels to me like another transfer type of story mate just more media with with column inches to fill and thinking right let's let's put that one out there I don't know how well sourced the story is so but, um, you know, if you put the two and two together and you think, well, they, they picked us to do a documentary, so there's a relationship there, I don't know. and I, I, But I think Daniel is, would definitely be looking to do a stadium rights deal now as as quickly as possible because, as I've said recently, to him, I don't think it's about maximising profits at the moment. It's about minimising losses. And if that helps cover some of the losses, then perhaps he'll take the view of, you know, let's, let's get the deal done now rather than hanging out for the most profitable one.
0: Jay, just to bring you in, Amazon, I mean, they've certainly got the firepower to meet Spaz's valuation as it did emerge on the company's value on Wednesday that it's valued at 1.1 trillion. I mean, would it quite be satisfying for you, Jay, when you think about it, that having I mean, every time a gooner buys anything from Amazon that's kind of contributing towards Spurs in a way
2: <laughs> um, look for me I know there has been a lot of debate about kind of the name and that lots of Spurs fans uh, not wanting the, na- uh, the names of the stadium to be changed but look I think when you're getting that sort of money the sort of money that's been kind of banded around uh, 250 million of course in this report you know that's a massive that's a massive boost for transfer uh, the, the transfer kitty so you know that's something that I'd certainly that I'm not bothered about in terms of the name of the stadium if you're getting in that sort of money, that's absolutely brilliant. And, you know, lots of fans will complain that we're not buying players, but then they'll complain that we're um, having our stadium change, uh, the name of the stadium change. So for me, I think it would be, uh, you know, it's, I'm not really that bothered about what the stadium's called. If we're getting that sort of money, I think that that would uh, be a huge boost to the club in terms of, of what we can do in the transfer window. So for, for me, I'm, I'm all for it.
0: Now, talk about names. Lee McQueen, one of our own, stuck out a poll about, about two hours before we recorded, Lee. And it's fair to say that the poll went absolutely ballistic. You've got a huge amount of different names for the stadium. You put a vote out there. Tell us, in the space of only a couple of hours, what happened, Lee?
1: Yeah, excuse me. So, yeah, I mean, I I just threw it out there because I I think that, you know, you know what my view and Jason's views on transfers, that's your department and Jamie's department. And, you know, this story is a little bit like a transfer story, to be fair. Um, But I thought I'd have a little bit of fun with it and, you know, just uh, just throw it out there. So I I put a poll out there with the seriously, Amazon being seriously interested in becoming Spurs' um, uh, official stadium sponsor. Um, what would you think the stadium should be called? And I, and I just come up with a couple of, uh, of suggestions, um, but I did ask uh, people to um, uh, to reply and come up with their suggestions. So the, the people on the poll, so I'll give you the results of the poll, where in my, in my view, a staggering 5,471 votes um, on my little Twitter account, which is pretty amazing. Um, and I put Amazon Arena, the Amazon... The New Lane or Other. And I, I invited people to tell me what they would have. So the winner out of them, them three choices was, um, well, in third place was the Amazon. Uh, in second place was the New Lane. But the the winner of 40% of the votes was Amazon Arena. So I thought, hello, that's got some good ones. So that is the kind of the winner of the poll, official. But then we've got some brilliant ones in here, and, I, and I'll try and give you credit where I can. To be honest, we had 215 people uh, interact. So thank you, all the listeners, and all the people on Twitter. Follow me, by the way, if you don't know, at Lee McQueen. Just thought I'd plug that out, Rick. You know what I mean? Uh, get some follows up like you boys. So here we go. go so Mike Webster. It. That's it. Mike Webster, the Amazon Echo. Uh, I like this one. James Wellham, uh, Arena da Amazonia. Well, that's quite good. Um, Tony McPartland, um bezos sporting bowl <laughs> bezos is sporting bowl i thought that was quite <laughs> funny um spurs amazon arena that was coming in from uh, jamie crypto uh robert reed prime heart lane see what he did there very clever um we've got one uh that is the white heart lane amazon arena for quite quite long that was from nev's footy naps um, amazon rainforest couple on there white heart lane um, staying as we were, we'll always be White Hart Lane, and, and that's a lot of sentiment there, and, and some that we'd all agree with. But look, you all know how this, uh, this sponsorship goes. Um, the Amazon, I think that was that was a good one. I think I had uh, the Spursy Stadium uh, that was coming in from Kimberly Chambers. Um, it was like, no, not the Spursy Stadium. Um, where do we have Amazon White Stadium? Um, that was coming in. And um, few more. Fergus McKee says Prime Heart Lane. See what he did there, lads. Prime Heart Lane. I can see Amazon Lane. Yeah, we've got uh, uh, we've got a few there. Home. Neil Carter says just simply home. That's fair enough. Um, Amazon Arena at the Lane. Uh, the Bezos Bowl from that was from the RAF but my, my favourite, other than obviously um, the one that I put out there myself, which is Amazon Arena, my favourite – oh, no, I've got another one here from Rob Davis, uh, the Fulfillment Centre. That was really good. That was up there. Um, but I think the, my favourite, which I now can't find, which is highly annoying when you're trying to do this all in, in one, is from EJW, which is at Brow Yokes. And he simply wrote, The Jungle end of poll this is the only <laughs> correct answer you have to call it the jungle oh, dear, and then dear. and then what I fa- what i found brilliant about that is people got andrew richard just uh, suggested that the new stadium logo would be welcome to the jungle and the new walkout music would be guns and roses welcome to the
0: jungle oh,
1: you <laughs> oh, there you go yeah. amazon name it right, so we've nailed that for you so all the fantastic thank you for all the contribution it was uh bit of fun to uh to end what um uh, you know to, what uh what a fantastic end to the show really
0: lee thank you for coming back on as always stay safe stay well
1: cheers and you and all the listeners as well keep going remember we're in this together we're gonna get through this football will be back soon let's uh stay safe stay at home and uh and yeah come on come on you
0: spurs i suppose i agree jace thank you for coming back on and even suffering Eight minutes and a half of Jose Mourinho with us. We really appreciate it, Jace.
3: Stay safe, everyone, and no more Mourinho
0: questions, please. No. No more. If he doesn't give us stuff to talk about, Jace, there'll be no more Mourinho for you to have to worry about. Don't you worry, for you especially. Jay, Thanks. thank you as always, and thank you for talking about Mourinho for us.
2: Mourinho will always <laughs> give us something to talk about, to be fair. Um, no, it was really great to, to hear what the guys had to say about everything, so it was really interesting. Um, yeah, just hope the listeners all staying well, Everyone's staying well um and yeah come on you spurs
0: come on you spurs guys stay safe stay well we'll be back with you very very soon as always keep the faith come on you spurs
2: sports social podcast network